Welcome to the Sermons Podcast, a ministry of Vienna Assembly of God, located right here in Vienna, Virginia. We're so glad you've joined us today. Hope you enjoy today's sermon. Resurrection Portraits. Today we are in Ezekiel. In this series, we are looking at stories of resurrection in the scripture. So first we saw Jesus' invitation to trust in the story of of Lazarus. Jesus said it made him glad that he had not been there in time to heal Lazarus before he died. He was glad, he said, for your sake speaking to the disciples so that you may see the glory of God and believe or trust that he had sent Jesus. So as we trust in God through every circumstance, we are going to see the glory of God. Next, we saw how legacy worked in the life of Elisha. He stepped up and asked a hard thing. He said, can I be the one? to carry forward the legacy of the prophet of God. He served as God's prophet faithfully, and he even performed the miracle through God's power of raising a child from the dead. But his legacy continued beyond even his life as a corpse that had been hurriedly tossed into Elisha's grave because the guys were running away from an army. Um, As soon as he, as they threw it in there, as soon as it touched Elisha's bones, he jumped to life. So we want to have that legacy of resurrection life that whatever we leave behind is life-giving. But speaking of bones, today, we're going to look at this well-known chapter from the prophet Ezekiel, and our theme is hope. So trust, legacy, hope. I believe hope is one of the most needed gifts of God in our world today. People are confused, anxious, frustrated, angry, depressed, restless, looking for answers, and yet feeling hopeless. Feelings of hopelessness come when circumstances overwhelm our senses, when someone powerful in our life comes against us, when resources are lacking, and uncertainty defines our daily existence. God is a God of hope, and I want us to leave this place today refilled with a spirit of hope, energized by the promise of God's hope in us and for us. Today's resurrection story is quite different from others. This isn't really about a bodily resurrection from the dead, but it's about life restored to a dead people, hope reignited in a desperate situation, the very breath of God refilling an empty and lifeless reality. To help us understand this vision of the Valley of Dry Bones, I want us to take a look at the ministry of Ezekiel. 
His book is unique among Old Testament prophets due to the chronology, and in, in he gives specific dates. The events and prophecies are identified by very specific dates throughout his book. So a lot of things have happened before we get to chapter 37, all right, in his book. The nation of Israel had rebelled against God, chosen to worship idols and false gods, committed sins of oppression, injustice, cruelty, and more. God continued to send prophets to speak to his people, calling them to repent, warning them of judgment if they did not change their ways. And Ezekiel is one towards the end of this season of the prophets. Let's look at the themes that came in this book that got us up to chapter 37 to help us then be able to grab hold of what's going on here. So first in Ezekiel, you'll see the otherness of God. When we say God is holy, that's what we're talking about is his otherness. He is completely separate from us. He is so different from us. The early chapters of Ezekiel recount fascinating and glorious visions of God. Rabbis did not allow anyone under the age of 30 to read some of those visions because they were so holy. They knew they were standing on holy ground and you had to get up to a certain rank (laughs) before you read those chapters. Holiness means unique, not like us. We are made in the image of God, not the other way around. God is not made in our image. God is holy. He is other. So our hope is not in a better version of ourselves. Our hope is not in a stronger version of ourselves. Our hope is not in a wiser version of ourselves. Our hope is not in anything that can be compared to our own reality. God is completely other from us, holy, pure, complete, all wise, all loving, all righteous, good through and through. That's good news. There's not, you're not going to find a flaw in God. And that's who our hope is in. The second theme is the sinfulness of Israel. Israel's sins in the main were religious ones. They were idolatry, alliances with foreign powers, failing to fulfill their covenant responsibilities, not keeping to the ordinances and judgments which the Lord had given them at Sinai, profaning God's holy name. So when the blessings of Israel were pronounced in Deuteronomy and and it's given unto them that it was contingent and that all of the things that God said, don't do this, they just, they did it. The other prophets, um, for example, Amos also outlined the social sins of the nation the injustice, the oppression. How did this valley of dry bones even come about? Ezekiel has been laying the foundation earlier to convince the nation of their responsibility. The next theme is the fact of judgment. 
Many prophets before Ezekiel had been warning of the judgment to come. And so he's still doing it, but Ezekiel's message becomes more difficult and more urgent because judgment was now imminent. But it's difficult because the people are just like, oh, we heard this before and nothing happened. Oh, well, you know, and he's having to, he's, he's urgently trying to convince them of the reality of this is imminent. It is coming. Time is up. Frequently within his prophecies is this phrase, I, the Lord have spoken and I will do what I have said. It's going to happen. It's the judgment is coming into reality. But he also brings about this teaching, individual responsibility. This wasn't a completely new revelation. Others had talked about it, but it was much more strongly emphasized in the book of Ezekiel. He preached that the children would not be punished for their parents' sin and vice versa. Each one is responsible and able to turn to righteousness. Now, in our individualized society, this can seem obvious. Uh, Like, we almost overemphasize individual um, relationship with God. Because there's, we've been taught, we're in a transforming community. We are together in our relationship with God. But at this time, especially before the exile, this was... um, they, they, it was much more a strong sense of corporate responsibility and corporate guilt. Even when returning from the exile, Nehemiah prayed a prayer of confession and repentance for sins that the nation had taken part in, not even his own sins. So that, was, that understanding was very well developed. But what Ezekiel is bringing to the table is this truth, that God in his love and righteousness is going to, he says, the one whose sins will die and the one who repents will live. You are not limited by your past. You are not trapped by your ancestry. You are not hopeless because of what has gone on before. This was good news in the book of Ezekiel that he's bringing to us. You can call out to God in humility, repent, seek his mercy, and see the salvation of God. Even if you're in the middle of the most corrupt, idolatrous situation, if you will repent, God, you can receive salvation. Amen. And that brings us up to chapter 37. The the final theme that comes up in Ezekiel is the promise of restoration. God is holy. He is holy other. The nation as a group has sinned. Judgment is imminent. But each individual has the responsibility and opportunity to come before God in repentance and receive salvation. And there's a promise of restoration. So let's look at Ezekiel chapter 37. We're going to be reading verses 1 through 14. The Lord took hold of me, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me all around among the bones that covered 
the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. Then he asked me, son of man, can these bones become living people again? Oh, sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I spoke this message just as he told me. Suddenly, as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Then as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones. The skin formed to cover their bodies, but they still had no breath in them. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the winds, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath from the four winds, breathe into these dead bodies so they may live again. So I spoke the message as he commanded me, and breath came into their bodies. They all came to life and stood up on their feet, a great army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They are saying we have become old, dry bones. All hope is gone. Our nation is finished. Therefore, prophesy to them and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Oh, my people, I will open your graves and exile of exile and cause you to rise again. Then I will bring you back to the land of Israel. When this happens, oh, my people, you will know that I am the Lord. I will put my spirit in you and you will live again and return home to your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done what I said. Yes, the Lord has spoken. This is the word of the Lord. Oh, Father, please help us to receive from your word today. Open our hearts, open our ears, anoint my speech as we finish this message out, knowing uh, the resurrection power of God in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So first and foremost, this prophecy is about the nation of Israel and the promise of the messianic reign of Christ because the second half of this chapter goes on to explain that the divided kingdom is going to be brought back together and a king in the line of David will rule over them and there will be no more idol worship, no more sin. They will live in peace in an everlasting covenant. That day is coming, friends. And the New Testament reveals that Christ, in Christ, all the world is brought into this new and everlasting covenant. Gentiles, thank you, Lord, are included in the salvation that Jesus purchased with his blood on the cross. The promises and prophecies of old have been fulfilled in Jesus, but have not been fully realized. We have hope 
of a better day a coming. Amen? Amen. One day, all injustice will be made right. All evil will be quenched forever. All tears will be wiped from our eyes. And we will live in the joys of the Lord forever. We have a bright hope for tomorrow. But in between now and then, this story has some important things to teach us and some deep encouragement for us to live on. So verse 11, God specifically says these bones represent the people of Israel and that the people themselves had been saying, we have become old dry bones. All hope is gone. These bones represent something that was once alive. They are full grown bones. When they come back together and the breath of God comes into them, they stand up as a great army. So one of the amazing things going on with when you have a new baby in the family is watching them grow, you know, and, and bones have that capability of growing with the child. And you're just like watching, like, how does that work? And they, and they just keep getting so big and everything. But in this case, this, these dry bones represent something that was once fully alive, fully grown, fully mature. But they are saying that they're just now dead. There is no hope. These bones have been dead a while. When studying this, I learned that it depends on the climate how long it takes for bodies to decay and to get to this state of scattered, dried, bleached bones. (laughs) But suffice it to say, these bones represent no hope. God has heard their voice and their thoughts saying, all hope is gone. Circumstances will do that. They will drain the life out of us at time. It can feel like there's no more strength, no more ideas, no more solutions. We are at the end. Our hope is gone. But the Spirit of the Lord, in the message it says it this way, grabbed Ezekiel, just grabbed him. And took him to this valley full of no hope. He carried him around through the valley floor, immersing him into this sea of hopelessness, dry bones scattered everywhere. And then he says, can these bones become living people again? Isn't that interesting that the Lord asked for Ezekiel's thoughts on that? And Ezekiel came right back at the Lord and said, only you know that answer. He wasn't going to um, pin himself down. Only you know that answer, Lord. We need to answer God in faith. Only you know that answer. So God had him start prophesying and tells him exactly what to say and who to say it to. Now, who has he, he told him to prophesy to? The dry bones. He's prophesying to the dead, dry bones. I just wonder what that sounded like once they started rattling and coming back together. And how did they, you know, and God put the right bone with the right bone and put them all together because they were scattered everywhere and they became full bodies. 
The Bible says that sinew and muscle and skin grew back on them. And they, here they were. It's amazing. It's astounding. It's a miracle. But they're still dead. They're back to how they were a few stages ago. Closer to when they had first died. When they had first lost hope. Before all the decay had happened and the skin and muscle and sinews had all decomposed and rotted away. And before the sun had bleached the bones completely, but they were still dead. So here's what I want to say. When you're on this path of hope and God is building hope in you for what he's going to do, don't stop prophesying now. Don't give up on the hope that God is offering yet. Don't stop at verse 8 when God's given you a verse 9 and 10. (laughs) It's not enough to get back to less dead. It's not enough to get back to looking like you got skin and muscle and everything on you. He now has to prophesy to the wind. God does not half-bake his promises, right? He says, now prophesy to the wind, to the four corners of the earth. So he had prophesied to death, and now he's prophesying to breath. And he's telling the breath to come. And what happens? The wind came, filled up those lifeless bodies, and they stood up on their feet, a great army. Now listen, that's what we need to think about. A great army represents a people full of purpose, full of resource. Armies get the goods, people. They get what they need in order to do the job. They are full of mission. They have their orders and they're going to go. They are serving under their commander, the king. They are empowered by all the might and promise and glory of the God of the angel armies. No longer saying we've lost all hope, but now they're saying, where to, Lord? We will go in the strength of our God. God did not resurrect these bones for no purpose. He resurrected them as a strong army, fully equipped, ready to go forward in the power of the Lord. In the book of Ezekiel, we see the ark of God's story of redemption. We see God is a holy God. He, that we are a fallen people, that we have sinned. Romans 3.23 says, all have sinned. We are all in need of a savior because God is holy and just judgment will come on sin, but he has offered us restoration and each one of us can individually make a choice to repent, to turn to God, to follow Jesus and be restored. In that way, the Valley of dry bones speaks to every one of us spiritually. We were dead in our sins, but made alive in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. We cannot save ourselves any more than those bones could have become alive again through their own power. But through the work of Jesus Christ, we are saved. Now, if we're on, we are on that path of freedom and purpose, but we still face experiences of death. 
situations that feel hopeless. So what I want to do today is end with a prayer of hope and a declaration of faith in the power of God to breathe life again into your dry bones. <laughs> what is that situation that if you were just gut honest with the Lord, you would say, there's no hope. On this thing, we're done. The nation of Israel said, we are dry bones. There is no hope. We are done as a nation. You may have personal things, something that you're facing, or you may have just something in our nation or something in our culture or something in our world that you look at and you say, we're done. I don't see hope there. I want us to spend the moment in prayer speaking the word of God to that thing. <laughs> so what does it mean to prophesy? You're prophesying what the Lord is saying. So if the an easy thing to think about is if somebody needs healing. You're looking at that situation and you're prophesying the word of God to that person that, the, that we know that the Lord has said he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. That Jesus went about doing good and healing all those who were diseased. That those who the believers shall go forth with signs following, with a pray for the sick and they will be healed. There are scriptures that we know that speak to that thing. There are whatever if if it's um, something that hurts my heart that I see and I I am like, what is the answer, Lord? When I see injustice, well then I can see that Jesus said. The spirit of the Lord is upon me and he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to lift up the brokenhearted and to bring freedom to those who are oppressed. So I just speak to that situation and say, this is where I see that life can come, God, even though it looks so dead. Amen. Amen. Let's, I want to invite you, if, if you have a certain something that you would um, like to speak out, that I want prayer for this thing that feels like dead bones, dry bones. Can we, can we share with one another for a moment and, and, and just have a moment of prayer for these things? I, we're a small group here this morning. I, I think that's how I want to do it. I want to just come be among you and let's just have a moment of prayer where we're just trusting God to speak to these things, okay?